0: Hopefield, good morning. If you guys would join us and stand up, we're gonna sing to the Lord. Open up the heavens, so we can see all His glory. Come on, come on.
1: We're waiting for this day. We're gathered in Your name, calling out to You. It's breathless in all in wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love, that you would take my place.
2: Good morning, Hopevale. Good, good morning. Good to see you all. Wow, you guys are awake this morning. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's so good to gather here to worship the Lord, isn't it? And to hear from His Word. He is worthy. I'm I'm Ken McGillivray. I'm the Associate Senior Pastor here at Hopevale. I want to welcome you. So take a moment and greet someone around you before we sit down. And you may be seated. We... We have something we want you to see on video, so if you'll direct your attention to the screens. Oh, doesn't that look like fun? <laughs> yeah, Water slides, bungees, crafts, Bible teaching, and singing. And I mean, it's all, all of that is happening. And so we are really excited to share with you that we are partnering with Spring Hill Camps this summer to bring a Christian day camp right here to Hopevale Church, right here to North Campus. And the dates are August 7th through 11th. The camp runs from nine in the morning till four in the afternoon, so all day. And children kindergarten through fifth grade are invited to be a part of this week. You won't want to miss this. So parents, grandparents, you can register uh, your kids either at the children's ministry desk right out here or online at the Hopevale website. If you get online, right on our front page, there's a link to Spring Hill Camps, and you can get your children, your grandchildren uh, children registered. And we have scholarship money available for kids at Hopevale, but also for kids in our community. So if you had neighbors, you know some people uh, who would love to take advantage of something like this, feel free to invite them. It's gonna be a really a special, special week. Uh, we need some more volunteer help too, from our adults, from our young adults. And you can host uh, some camp staff in your home, two to three camp staff for the week. You could help with a meal one time during the week, or there's some other things that you could do as well. So again, Children's Ministries Desk or the website, you can find out information about volunteering there. And we have a number of you have already volunteered. We just want to thank you for uh, signing up to serve during that week. And this is one of the reasons that we give generously, that we give cheerfully to the Lord, so we can do ministry uh, with our children in our community. And so as our ushers come forward, I want to pray for our time of worship through our giving. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for a beautiful morning, Lord. Thank you that we can gather here as your church, as your people, to worship you, to say worthy is our God of our lives, our time, all that we are body and soul. Lord, we belong to you. And thank you, Lord, that we have this opportunity to give, to give toward things like the Spring Hill Day Camp, toward our children's ministries, and raising up our children in the training and instruction of the Lord. We want to do that well as a church. And so, Father, bless us as we give this morning. We pray for Pastor Adam as he leads us in your word in a few minutes. Lord, give him your words uh, to speak to us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You
1: guys would stand for one more song.
0: Well, Good morning, Hopevale. What an awesome time of worship that was. It's really good to be here together today. My name is Adam Harbaugh. I'm the outreach pastor here at Hopevale. And uh, about a month ago, I was visiting uh, one of our longtime Hopevale member couples in the hospital, actually. And you know, while I was with them, they just kind of made a comment that sometimes from the congregation's perspective, uh, there's a lot of different pastors that come up on stage, and so we get to introduce ourselves, but there's not always a sense of like who our families are and things like that, and so I just wanted to take a moment, uh, share a picture of my family, kind of introduce them to you in that way, and uh, here they are. So my best friend and my wife, Kim, uh, Lydia, who is four years old, and my son, Zach, who is almost nine months old. Uh, so that's my family. I'm uh, just very blessed uh, by God to have them in my life. Um, we actually took that picture down at the uh, Hocking Hills, Ohio. And I always say if you have to go to Ohio, go to Hocking Hills because it's about the only good thing that there is in Ohio, right? <laughs> <laughs> So we just had a great time there enjoying the beauty of god's creation i had a lot of fun so again just wanted to introduce uh, my family to you Uh, for myself here at hopevale it's kind of hard to believe but i've been serving here at hopevale for nine years now and five of those as the outreach pastor thanks um you know god has just been very very good and and faithful to me and my family and i'm very thankful for that and i just it's an honor to be able to serve this congregation just to help equip and mobilize you for ministry to get out in our own backyard and around the world as well Uh, and kind of along those lines if you remember the last couple weeks we've spent some time commissioning a couple of different teams that have gone and served our outreach partners around the world so a quick update on them the team that got back uh, from that we sent to guayamate dominican republic they got back late last night, and so if you see a couple people wandering around this morning looking like zombies, they might be part of the Dominican Republic team, but you know, we're grateful to the Lord for bringing them back safely. And then our team uh, is actually en route right now to Chinoy, Zimbabwe. And again, they'll be there for the next couple of weeks just ministering. So I just encourage you, if, if they come to mind, to just continue to be in prayer for them as they go and serve. So there's some great stuff happening Well, in addition to all of that, uh, we are continuing our summer series called More Than a Song. And last week, Pastor Sam just did a really awesome job of walking us through a theology of suffering uh, and just God's faithfulness through the suffering that we face. You know, really that no matter what hardships we face, the Lord uses suffering to shape us more and more into the image of Jesus. And this morning, we're going to build on that theme and talk about how you do that. You know, how can you sing praise to the Lord when your your soul is in turmoil? So the Bethel song that Melody just led for us a couple of minutes ago called It Is Well comes out of the classic hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, written by Horatio Spafford. Now, Horatio was a lawyer and businessman who lived in Chicago in the 1800s. Now, to be in a place where you could write a song like, It Is Well With My Soul, things would have to be going really, really well for you, right? Well, not quite. Truth be told, this is a snapshot of Horatio's life. He and his wife lost their young... uh, um, Horatio and his wife, their young son, died of pneumonia in 1871. And then later that same year, he lost uh, most of his business interests in the great Chicago fire but it didn't stop there. A few years later, in 1873, kind of desiring a rest for himself and his family, a chance to just get away from some of the the trauma that they had experienced to that point, he planned a family trip to Europe. And because of some last-minute business, he actually had to uh, stay home, but he sent his wife and his daughters on ahead of him in the boat to Europe, and he was going to follow just a couple of days later. Well, While on the voyage, the ship that had his wife and four daughters on it, it was struck by another ship and sank in 12 minutes. Horatio's wife actually survived, uh, but his four daughters died at sea. When his wife reached Wales, she sent him a telegram that said, Saved alone, what shall I do? Now Horatio, he departed for Wales immediately. And it's, it's said that he wrote the song, It is well with my soul, in the part of the ocean believed to be where his daughters drown. You know, this was a man who experienced great personal suffering and loss. And yet somehow, somehow he was able to display an incredible faith in God when his soul was in turmoil. You know, so often, you know, you and I, when we face difficulties, the questions and the doubts can begin to arise. And they might start something like this. You know, we, we, we look to God and we say, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Why are you allowing this to happen to me in my life? We might look at him and say, God, where are you? You know, are you even paying attention? You know, it feels like you're sleeping on the job, God. Maybe it's, I don't deserve this. You know, God, I love you. I try to follow you with my life, but I don't deserve this. Or then just, what am I supposed to do? What's the next step that I'm supposed to take when my life feels like it's in shambles? Because we always feel the need to do something, don't we? And the reminder for us is that thankfully, these questions and doubts are normal reactions for us to have, but we also don't want to wallow in them either. And I think that there is one primary reason that we respond that way when we face challenges and suffering in this life. And it's because as children of God, Deeply rooted in us is the hope that one day there will be no more pain and suffering. That for those who have placed their faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins, there will be a day when all the pain and suffering caused by sin is gone. And in our impatience, we want a pain-free life now. We want it now. But in these earthly bodies, The reality is, is we face the consequences of sin daily. And so we are left to just look forward to that perfect eternity with Jesus. But we have to wait. And as Tom Petty says, the waiting is the hardest part. And so as we wait for God to make all things new, we're left to figure out how to handle the hardships that we will face in life. And so how can we trust God And sing a song like it is well through the trials that we face well here's the reality everyone has something weighing heavily on them every one of us in this room this morning has something weighing heavily on them and it's so easy for us to post on social media as though everything in our lives is perfect and we don't have any challenges there's no frustrations in our life and sometimes we do that and it's also easy for us to walk through the doors of a church on Sunday morning and pretend like everything is going well, like there are no challenges that we're facing in this life. And while there's a time and a place to share with close, trusted friends the struggles that you're facing, you know we want to be a church that cultivates an environment of openness and honesty. We want Hopevale to be a place where we can openly share about the struggles and the trials that we face without judgment, so that we, so that the Lord can speak into those places of deep hurts in your life, because everybody has something weighing heavily on them. You know, for me personally, the hardest situations uh, in the last couple of years actually had to do with things that I had absolutely no control over. I don't know about you, but I hate that feeling of helplessness where you can't do anything sometimes but pray for positive outcomes. You know, this happened um, this happened with my brother and sister-in-law. They lost their twin daughters halfway through their pregnancy. Very difficult. Happened again a couple months later when a couple in our community group lost their daughter at the very end of their pregnancy. Now, can I just say this? It is really, really hard when you pray so hard for positive outcomes and things don't turn out the way that you hoped and you prayed. It's heartbreaking and it leaves us in a really difficult place. You know, another difficult experience was when my wife was being harassed at work and it took over two years for the person responsible to be held accountable for their actions. You know, believe me when I say, sometimes it is just really hard to praise God through the trials that we face. You know, I get it. I've lived it in my own way and the things that God has put before me. But this song, It Is Well, has been a beautiful reminder to me that even when I'm in the middle of a storm, it is still well with me. So what about you? You know, what storms are you in the middle of facing in your life? Maybe your marriage is on the rocks right now and it feels hopeless. Maybe you're struggling with the loss of a loved one and the grief of that is just crushing. Maybe you're buried by a mountain of debt and it seems like there's no way to dig out of that hole. Maybe you've been job searching and the opportunities just haven't worked out yet. The doors continue to remain closed and you just don't know what your next step is going to be. You know, no matter what you're facing right now, there's another important question for us to ask ourselves and it's this, how do you handle your hardships how do you handle your hardships who do you turn to how do you cope with disappointment see our natural human response I think is to just anxiously react to get angry to deflect to defend to retaliate to withdraw to blame to avoid to do something and it's not always productive Now, unfortunately sometimes we try to put band-aids over these gaping open wounds in our lives Sometimes people even go so far as to self-medicate things like alcohol or shopping, you know, buying things we don't need, trying to fill the void in our lives. Maybe it's drugs or sex or video games or work. Whatever it is, And it's, a, it's an attempt to escape our hardships. But here's the truth. You will never find a remedy in any of those things. In fact, they will leave you feeling emptier than ever before. Only Jesus Christ can make it well with your soul. Only Jesus Christ can make it well with your soul. And so let's get practical. You know, what does the Bible tell us about how to respond when we're facing trials in our lives? And so to do that, to get practical, I want us to look at Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. This is the passage where Jesus calms the storm. And so uh, we're going to have it on the screens behind me. You can also follow along uh, in a hard copy Bible, or we have options through your smartphone, the Hopevale app, and click on message notes. You can follow along there as well. So a little bit of a backstory on this. Jesus was teaching uh, along the Sea of Galilee, and so many people came to hear him teach that he actually had to get in a boat and push off from shore a little bit, so that uh, the crowds were wouldn't push up against him so much so he was teaching from a boat off the shore of the sea of galilee all day and crowds of people came to listen and we uh, we pick up in verse 35 and it says that day when evening came he said to his disciples let us go over to the other side now we don't know why jesus said that we want to go over to the other side now it could have been to rest after a long day of teaching uh, It could have been to expand his ministry And to come across other people to share the the message of the kingdom. You know, either way, this journey would be about eight miles across. And the Sea of Galilee was also known for kicking up some pretty bad storms without much notice. And so verse 36, Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And that, that line of just as he was means that they didn't take time to go back to shore and restock on supplies. They didn't go back and you know, check their weather apps to see if they were, were going to run into any bad weather or anything like that. No, they just took Jesus just as he was and they set sail for the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And it says there were also other boats with him. And then a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, this is a serious storm, and I think it must have felt like they really were on the verge of losing the boat. And I wonder, have you ever felt like that in your own life? That the waves and the storm are just pounding you? That, they're the, uh, that you are about to lose it? That you're taking on so much water that you just feel like you know you cannot take anymore and you don't know what to do? Because I know I've been there. And in verse 38, it says, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Jesus was sleeping during the storm. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Or another translation says, don't you care that we are going to drown? See, they felt absolutely certain without any shadow of a doubt that they were about to die And they went to Jesus and they said, Teacher, don't you even care? They were afraid for their lives and they were anxiously reacting out of fear. And so they woke Jesus up and he got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So here is the paradigm-shifting perspective for us to adopt from this passage. And I would like to wager a bet that there might not have uh, ever been another pastor that you have heard make this point as part of a sermon. So the paradigm-shifting perspective for us to adopt from this passage is this. Sometimes Jesus is sleeping in the middle of your storm. Sometimes Jesus is sleeping in the middle of your storm. And it doesn't mean that He's not there. It doesn't mean that he's, He doesn't care. It, it just is a simple reminder that Jesus knows things that we don't know. And we're called to look at Him and follow His example in the storms that we face. And I think to help illustrate this idea, Uh, i want to tell you a brief story and uh, it goes back to one of the first times that i ever flew in an airplane i don't remember how old i was probably in my early teens and like most people you get on that airplane for the first time and you get a little anxious you get a little afraid about what's going to happen and how this is going to go and i actually liked the part where you take off down the runway you know you're accelerating you gain all that speed and then you take off that isn't so bad because you can still see the ground and you know it's not too scary but Man, once you're up in the air and you start hitting some turbulence and you're looking at the wing of the airplane and it's doing one of these and it's bouncing and you're like, is that thing going to hold on? You know, you get a little scared. And so I I had a choice to make. I decided, okay, I can either sit here and freak out and start yelling like, oh my gosh, everybody, do you see the the wing of the airplane? It's bouncing. I don't know if it's going to break. And, you know, you're bouncing up and down through the turbulence and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't like, is this supposed to happen? Is this okay? Okay so i decided that my strategy was going to be to look around the cabin of the airplane and pick out somebody who looked like they were an experienced traveler and they're usually pretty easy to spot because they're calm they're relaxed and more often than not they're asleep and so anytime we would hit turbulence you know inside i'm doing one of these like oh gosh is this going to be okay and then i would just look over to the person who was asleep and if they're still calm and if they're still sleeping, I decided that whew, I think it's going to be okay because this person is an experienced traveler and they know that there's nothing to worry about right now. And I think that is the picture in this story of what Jesus wanted his disciples to do. But what, is it, what did his disciples do? They, they ran to Jesus and they wanted to be rescued by him. They let their fear and anxiety take over, and they ran to Jesus, and they woke him up because they wanted to be rescued when really Jesus just wanted them to rest in him, to rest with him. The disciples wanted to be rescued, so they ran to Jesus, and they started accusing him of not caring about them. They started saying things like, we are going to die beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, and sometimes we hear this story and we think, man, it is, it is great that Jesus calmed the storm. And we think, man, if, if, if I have enough faith, if I pray hard enough, if I go to Jesus, that means He's going to calm my storm. But you know what? Sometimes the storm doesn't get calmed. And we think that that must mean that Jesus isn't there. We think that Jesus is just going to swoop in and calm the storms of our lives. But get this. Jesus' response indicates that they never should have woken him up. Can I get an amen, all the tired parents out there? <laughs> Don't wake him up. See, what would have happened? I wonder what would have happened if the disciples didn't wake him up in that situation. Imagine if, if instead of anxiously reacting, they simply trusted that it was going to be okay because they looked at Jesus and they're like, man, if he's sleeping, it must be okay. I think that that would have been a much, much better story for them to tell the next day. The disciples could have been walking around like, man, you know, before I knew Jesus, that storm last night would have freaked me out. Instead, I totally slept through it. You know, yeah, it was scary, but Jesus was there with me and he brought me through it faithfully. And it turns out there was nothing to worry about. Now, I don't know about you, But no matter what I face in this life, I want to be able to demonstrate such a solid faith in Jesus. I think this is how you and I can do that. We have to choose to let our faith be greater than our fear. We have to choose to let our faith be greater than our fear. Because after Jesus calmed the storm, he turned and looked at his disciples and he said, Why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? See, Jesus calmed the storm because the disciples were afraid, but that wasn't the purpose of the storm. The purpose of the storm was an opportunity for them to demonstrate faith in Jesus. Now, thankfully, Jesus understands that we will be afraid. That is a natural human response, fear. You know, this theme of faith being greater than fear is found throughout the bible and there's a reason for that and so it's normal for us to be afraid but we can't let fear dictate our actions when we act on our fear i think that is an expression of a lack of faith so rather than be fearful we want to be faith-filled followers of jesus and, and to, to do that, I want to turn uh, to Hebrews chapter 11 and just kind of hone in on what it says about faith. So what is faith? It's kind of this abstract concept. And there is a lot of abstractness in that, but we're going to look at this passage and kind of drill down on what it says to have faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says that, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And what do we confidently hope for? we hope that our future is going to be greater than our past that what lies ahead is far far greater than what lies behind us and i am not just talking about an earthly future perspective here i am talking about an eternal future perspective you know we know that here on this earth is temporary i think deep down we know that but we don't always live that way Sometimes we live as though what we know in the here and now is all there is. But it's not. There is more than that. There is, there is a life after death that awaits us. And what awaits our souls and the future glory with Jesus is forever. And we have to remember that, that our future is greater than our past. So to strengthen our faith, we have to display a confidence in what we hope for that what is ahead is better than what's behind us. And what are we assured about? We have assurance that Jesus is greater than our circumstances. See, faith is not only confidence in what we hope for, it's an assurance about what we do not see. But let's think about this for a second. What do we see? What do we see, especially in the midst of our storms? We see our present circumstances. And that is what we begin to focus our eyes on. We forget to look past our present circumstances to the assurance that we have in the things that we cannot see. Because remember, Jesus knows things that we don't know and he sees things that we cannot see. So Jesus is calling us to stop focusing on what is causing the storms in our life, but rather to fix our eyes on him. So no matter what you're facing, remember that Jesus is greater than your circumstances. And this really takes us back to our original question. How can we sing praise to God when we are going through the storms of our life? I think it's this. This is the answer to that question. As followers of Jesus, when we choose to let our faith be greater than our fear, we will always be able to sing that song, It Is Well With My Soul. Because here's the truth, apart from Jesus, it is not well with our souls. You know, and if, you, if you're here this morning and, and you're not living for Christ, if you've not reached that place of faith, and you know, maybe you have been living in fear for far too long, maybe you've been fighting for that illusion of control in your life, but no matter what you do on your own, it's not enough, and your soul just continues to feel empty. Because as I said earlier, only Jesus Christ can make it well with your soul. So the first step in your journey towards Jesus is to recognize that you cannot save yourself. You know, Jesus conquered the only two things that have to be overcome in this life, sin and death. And he did that on the cross for us because we cannot do it for ourselves. And if you know that it's not well with your soul, you know, the encouragement to you is to fix your eyes on Jesus and invite Him to be your Savior. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you know, maybe uh, it's time to, to just be reminded of this as you travel through the storms because, man, believe me, I think we always need these reminders. It's easy for our eyes to, uh, to focus on our present circumstances. So how, uh, how we handle the storms in life is one of the most powerful ways that we can point a hurting world to Jesus. You know, imagine if we were known as believers, as the most calm, rock-solid people in the face of just impossible circumstances, all because of our faith in Jesus. Jesus, over and over, he demonstrated that calm, rock-solid confidence in his heavenly Father throughout his life on earth. I think that was never more prominent than when he was being led towards the cross Jesus faced so many false accusations and misguided beliefs about Himself. And through it all, He either remained silent or He just graciously and gently pointed them to the truth. And we're called to follow that example of staying calm and faithful through the storms that we face. So as we begin to close, I just want to direct our attention back to the song, It Is Well. Now for me, As I've turned to this song to be reminded of these truths, the most powerful line in the song is this. It's, so let let go my soul and trust in Him. So let go. Give up control. Trust Jesus because the the waves and the wind still know His name. These are incredible lyrics to sing. And they're hard to sing when we're going through the midst of our challenges. But what an incredible reminder and opportunity that we have to to turn to songs and music that are written through some of the most difficult places in life, so that we have an opportunity to follow that example, to turn our eyes, to fix them on Jesus, and to be solid in our faith no matter what we face. Because Jesus is still all-powerful, He's still on the throne, and He wants you to rest with Him through your storms. So fix your eyes on His example and know that everything is going to be okay because your faith in Jesus will carry you through. There is nothing, there's nothing that you and I could ever face that Jesus has not overcome. You know, some of our struggles and sufferings are not going to reach resolution this side of heaven, but they will. They will one day, and we have to hold on to that truth. We have to hold on to that reality. You know, Jesus said in John 16:33. I love this passage. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And isn't that the desire for all of our lives, to have peace? And Jesus is saying in this passage that in him, we can have peace. And he goes on and he says, In this world, you will have trouble. There's, not a, there's no question about that. It's not if you have trouble or when. Maybe it might happen. It might not. It says, You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus is our all-powerful Savior, and we are called to rest in him through the storms of life that we face. Jesus has overcome the sin, the suffering, and death that we will all face in this world. And so, with that perspective in mind, right after I pray, uh, we're going to sing the song It Is Well as a response to what we have just uh, learned and looked at this morning. And so, my hope and prayer for all of us is that this would be an opportunity to declare that you are choosing faith over fear in your present storm and that because of jesus because of jesus you can boldly sing it is well with my soul let's pray heavenly father we thank you so much for your word and just the things that it reminds us of god just the those paradigm shifting perspectives god because it's so easy for us as humans to kind of get locked in to what we think should happen or what we want to happen. And God, sometimes we do that at the expense of just fixing our eyes on you and trusting you through whatever we are facing in this life. God, thank you again for your word and for this reminder that as hard as it is, we will face struggles. But you have overcome the world. And so God, just encourage us with that word this morning and let us just turn and sing the words of this song uh, in just that great anticipating reminder that you are in control and that all will be well with our souls because of you and because of who you are. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Will you stand with us?
0: God is so good to us and again no matter what you are facing here this morning my hope and prayer for you is that you can always choose to have faith over your fear and that you would just go and experience that in just real and fresh and new ways this week and that songs like it as well can be a constant reminder to you that God is there he is faithful and he is in control and so keep your eyes on him. Thank you guys so much for being here this morning. Uh, We hope to see you again next week. So God bless as you go.